Welcome to the Preaching Podcast. I'm Paul Robinson, and it's that time of year. It's the most wonderful time of the year, Christmas time. I love Christmas. I'm sure you do too. And, uh, you know, you put up the decorations, everybody's making Christmas cookies, hot chocolate, all that good stuff, and the music. You get to listen to the Christmas carols and Christmas songs. Oh, it's such a wonderful time. And so, of course, I wanted to I wanted to have a Christmas episode, and uh, here's the sermon that I preached. I've actually preached this sermon twice. First time was December 2015 at my home church, Northside, and then the second time I preached it was when I was out in South Carolina, December 2018. So, uh, but you know what? You know what? I did not. I did not have a recording of this, so I actually re-recorded uh, this episode. Re-recorded me preaching, which was which was a lot of fun. But this is. Um, I really, I really like this sermon. It's Santa versus Jesus. Now I'm sure you know who's going to win, right? Yeah, you know, you know who's better. You know who's more important. But that's what this episode is about. You know what? We, we live in a culture um, that is so anti-Christ, anti-God, anti-Bible. In fact, it's anti-morality. That's the culture we live in. And so here we come to Christmas time. It's a wonderful time of the year. We're celebrating the birth of Christ. But of course, the world can't celebrate the birth of Christ. You know, they just celebrate, I guess, getting together, getting your family together, having a good time. And and Santa Claus. Santa Claus is like the mascot of Christmas. And so this sermon kind of compares Santa and Jesus. It contrasts them. It compares them. It looks at the competition. And uh, I, I think it's a, I think it's a very interesting look. And so uh, I, I know you'll enjoy it. And I think uh, we all need to get our focus on the real reason for the season. And we know that's Jesus. So without further ado, here's the message. Santa versus Jesus. Turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, we'll be reading verse 18. We're going to talk about Santa Claus and Jesus Christ. And believe it or not, during this time of the year, the Christmas season, these two are in competition. They're in competition, whether we realize it or not. All right, let's look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. The Bible says here, And he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. During Christmas time, I've, I've said it again, the, these two, Santa and Jesus, they're in competition. Jesus, the babe of Bethlehem, and Santa, the great giver of presents to children everywhere. This is nothing more than God versus the devil, and they are both after the hearts of people. You know, Christmas time is all about the heart, right? It's all about feeling the, the warm and the, and the fuzzies, right? And so tonight, as we look at both Santa and Jesus, what we're going to do is look at four aspects of these two, starting with their history, their history. So four main points tonight. Number one tonight is the Chronicle. The Chronicle. Let's look at the history of these two people. First, let's look at the man, St. Nicholas. 
The true story of Santa Claus begins with Nicholas, who was born during the 3rd century in the village of Patara. At the time, the area was Greek, and is now on the southern coast of Turkey. His wealthy parents, who raised him to be a devout Christian, died in an epidemic while Nicholas was still young. Obeying Jesus' words to sell what you own and give the money to the poor, Nicholas used his own inheritance to assist the needy, the sick, and the suffering. He dedicated his life to serving God and was made Bishop of Myra while still a young man. Bishop Nicholas became known throughout the land for his generosity to those in need, his love for children, and his concern for sailors and ships. Under the Roman Emperor Diocletian, who ruthlessly persecuted Christians, Bishop Nicholas suffered for his faith, was exiled, and imprisoned. The prisons were so full of bishops, priests, and deacons, there was no room for the real criminals, murderers, thieves, and robbers. After his release, Nicholas attended the Council of Nicaea in A.D. 325. He died December 6, A.D. 343, in Myra, and was buried in his cathedral church, where a unique relic called manna formed in his grave. This liquid substance, said to have healing powers, fostered the growth of devotion to Nicholas. The anniversary of his death became a day of celebration, St. Nicholas Day, December 6. Now, I'm sure many of you probably have never heard that story before. I mean, I say story. It's the, the history, the actual history of the man, St. Nicholas. And, and you, 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 probably, you might be saying, I never heard about St. Nicholas. I didn't know anything about him. I, I just heard, you, maybe you heard he was nice to kids. That's about it. But isn't it interesting? Nicholas was a devout Christian, a servant of God. Now, let's talk about the myth of Santa Claus. You see, through the centuries, many stories and legends have been told of St. Nicholas's life and deeds, such as when he provided gold for a young woman's dowry, or the time he magically whisked away a child from slavery and brought him safely home. These stories are mostly likely fictitious, or are embellished to the point of the supernatural. The first colonists to the New World brought with them their St. Nicholas traditions. In 1773, a group was formed called the Sons of St. Nicholas. After the American Revolution, New Yorkers remembered with pride their colony's nearly forgotten Dutch roots. John Pinterd, the influential patriot and antiquarian who founded the New York Historical Society in 1804, promoted St. Nicholas as patron saint of both society and city. In January 1809, Washington Irving joined the society, and on St. Nicholas Day that same year, he published the satirical fiction Knickerbocker's History of New York, with numerous references to a jolly St. Nicholas character. This was not the saintly bishop, rather an elfin Dutchman with a clay pipe. These delightful flights of imagination are the source of the New Amsterdam St. Nicholas legends, that the first Dutch immigrant ship had a figurehead of St. Nicholas, that St. Nicholas Day was observed in the colony, that the first church was dedicated to him, and that St. Nicholas comes down chimneys to bring gifts. Irving's work was regarded as the first notable work of imagination in the New World. This is around the time that he became known as Santa Claus, a phonetic alternation of the German name Sankt Niklaus, Santa Claus. During the 19th century, writers wanted to domesticate the Christmas holiday. Christmas had become a dangerous holiday, with people getting drunk and riotous mobs breaking out in streets. 
It was during this time that the emphasis turned to the family and to children. The first book to give us a glimpse of Santa Claus was The Children's Friend, published in 1821. It told the story of St. Nicholas arriving from the north in a sleigh with a flying reindeer. He would bring toys for children, rewarding those who were good. The jolly elf image received another big boost in 1823 from a poem destined to become immensely popular, A Visit from St. Nicholas, now better known as The Night Before Christmas. Oh, so you say, okay, I have heard of that one. I have heard of that poem. That's an immensely popular poem. We all know it. Well, Santa Claus only grew and evolved as the years went on, portrayed by many different artists during the 1900s. He most prominently became a big advertiser for Coca-Cola. I'm sure you've seen those Coca-Cola ads, you know, with Santa holding a cold Coca-Cola. Yep. This Santa was life-sized. He was jolly, and he wore the now familiar red suit. But the 1950s, Santa was turning up everywhere as a benign source of benevolence, endorsing an amazing range of consumer products. This commercial success led to the North American Santa Claus being exported around the world, where he threatens to overcome the European Saint Nicholas, who has retained his identity as a Christian bishop and saint. And I dare say that Santa Claus today is so popular that he has definitely dethroned Saint Nicholas. You know, especially in America. I mean, I, I can't talk for the European countries, but in America, you don't think about St. Nicholas. You think about Santa Claus. You think about the, the, the old wise man in the red suit coming down the chimney. bringing. I mean, it's such, it, it is ingrained into our culture. It's in our movies. It's in our songs, our books, uh, our advertising. It's in everything. Santa Claus is everywhere. You know, isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting, the history of Santa Claus, that he was based on a Christian man, a devout Christian, who served who? He served Jesus. He was a servant of Jesus. And so we've talked about St. Nicholas and the myth of Santa Claus, but now let's talk about, briefly, the miracle of Jesus. As opposed to Santa, the birth and life of Jesus is accepted as fact, not legend, because it is recorded for us in the Bible. And remember, the Bible is a history book. It's not just a book of, oh, those are nice Bible stories. Jonah got swallowed by a whale. No, no, no. The Bible is a history book of real events. Jesus is also mentioned by historians such as Josephus and Tacitus. You know, you might have people uh, in, your, in your circle, in your, uh, you know, friends or co-workers, neighbors. They might say to you, Jesus wasn't real. Come on, Jesus, born of a virgin, give me a break. Well, you can point out that um, historians have talked about Jesus. Historians have recorded that Jesus was a real person who really did miracles. He healed the sick. He healed the lame and the blind. He, he really did miracles. And he really died. And they've never found his body. It's a real person. It's history. It's not made up like Santa Claus. The birth of Christ was not only recorded in Scripture, but it was also prophesied in the Old Testament that Jesus would be born of a virgin and his birthplace would be Bethlehem. Both of these prophecies came true. Baby Jesus was a miracle child. Now, just point that out to your to the naysayers. When they say, oh, you don't believe in Jesus. That's ridiculous. Jesus, born of a virgin resurrected from the grave, give me a break. Just point out to them 
all of the prophecies in the Old Testament. There is no religious book that has so many prophecies that are then later fulfilled. No religious book does that, like the Bible. The Bible's the only book that... They, oh, there's other religious books, and they might have prophecies here. But I tell you, the, the Bible has so many prophecies, and so many that were fulfilled to the letter. And right here, the prophecy about be Jesus. He was born of a virgin. That was prophesied, came true. Uh, the prophecy was that he would be born in Bethlehem. Oh, that came true. He was born... Prophecy said that he would be raised... Uh, he, he would, um, you know, have his... Um, he would grow up in Nazareth. That happened as well. So many prophecies. And let's not forget the prophecy about his death and his resurrection. Well, that came true as well. And so you can see already how, how different Jesus is from Santa Claus. Yes, Santa Claus is based on a, on, on a real person, a godly man. But then he, he, Santa Claus, you know, Nicholas turned into Santa Claus. He evolved into this mythical person that does magical things, and, 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 and none of it's true. None of it's true. But Jesus is 100% true. And it's 100% real. And there's no embellishments about Jesus. There's no embellishments. Let's move on. We've seen the Chronicle. Let's move on to number two tonight. The contrast. The contrast, and what I want to read here for you is, uh, this is actually by Pastor Richard Robinson, my dad. He came up with this, and it's just so wonderful. I want you to listen to this contrast of Santa and Jesus. Santa lives at the North Pole. Jesus lives everywhere. Santa rides in a sleigh. Jesus rides on the wind and walks on the water. Santa comes once a year. Jesus is an ever-present help. Santa comes down your chimney. Jesus stands at the door of your heart and knocks. Santa fills your stockings with goodies. Jesus supplies all your needs. You have to wait in line to see Santa. Jesus is as close as the mention of his name. Santa lets you sit in his lap. Jesus holds you in his hands. Santa has a belly like a bowl of jelly. Jesus has a heart of love. Santa's little helpers make new toys. Jesus makes new lives. Santa puts gifts under a tree. Jesus became our gift and died on a tree. Well, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing to, to think about that? And so when comparing anyone with Jesus, guess what? There's no comparison. Sorry, Santa Claus, even, even the myth of Santa Claus. I'm talking about, you know, Santa Claus who's not real. Even all the amazing things Santa Claus can do, even if he was real and he could do all those things, guess what? Jesus is still better. Jesus is still better because he's not just some guy that comes to give you presents. No, 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 no. He saved. He saved you. No. Santa didn't die for you. Santa's not your redeemer or your savior, but Jesus is. There's no comparison. Uh, take your Bibles, turn to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews It's very interesting. In the book of Hebrews, uh, the author of Hebrews compares Jesus to a few others. And I want you to notice these comparisons. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 4, it says this, Being made so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So, Jesus is superior to the angels. Look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 3. 
says, For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. And so Jesus is superior to Moses. Now we know Moses. Oh, Moses, the great lawgiver. All the things he did. Why, why he went to Egypt and he redeemed the people of God. He, he went in there and led the people of God out of Egypt. And, uh, Jesus is better than Moses. And then look at Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. And so we see that Jesus is superior to any high priest. He's superior. Any high priest. He is our high priest. And he's in heaven right now interceding on our behalf. So when you sin, and you confess that sin, Jesus is able to intercede on your behalf to the Father. And you know what? We could add Santa Claus to that list, couldn't we? Jesus is superior. In fact, Colossians 1.18 tells us that Jesus should have the preeminence in all things, including Christmas. Now, if you notice that, Colossians 1.18, again, he is the head of the body the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. All things. And you know, it's interesting, the word preeminence doesn't say that Jesus should be prominent. No, 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 no. You know, prominent is something that's important in your life. Something that's preeminent, though, that means that it is the thing. There's, there's nothing else. Something that is preeminent, you are just so focused on it, so obsessed with it, nothing else can even compare. That is how Jesus should be. Jesus should have preeminence in all things, certainly in Christmas. Certainly. You know, Santa Claus travels around the world giving gifts to children who've been good. God loved the world so much that he gave us the greatest gift because there is none good. Wow. James chapter 1, verse 17 says this, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You see, God is the greatest gift giver, and he has given us the greatest gift ever. Santa gives toys. God gives eternal life. You know what? There is no comparison. There is no comparison. Santa Claus falls flat when he's compared with Jesus Christ. And that brings me to the third point, the competition. The competition. Now, if Santa Claus really isn't that great, then how come, how come there's such a competition during Christmas time, during this season of the year? Well, first I want to talk about the attack on Jesus Oh, yes, there's an attack on Jesus. And you know it's true. In the last few decades, there's been an attack against the baby Jesus. Nativity scenes have been banned from parks and other public places. Some claim that they are offensive. Hey, what's so offensive about a baby? Yet there is no attack against Santa decorations. Santa has never been banned from public places. This is nothing more than the devil trying to take Christ out of Christmas. And you know that's true. You know that's true. Why else would there be such an attack against Jesus? You know, our culture today is anti-Christ. 
They don't even like you to pray in the name of Jesus. Hey, it's okay if you pray in the name of Allah. That's okay. That's great. Diversity. But don't you dare pray in the name of Jesus. We don't want to hear that name. We don't want anything to do with that name. You know what? You can't even say Merry Christmas anymore. Now it's Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. You know, someone says Happy Holidays to you. You could say, what holidays are you talking about? Oh, you mean Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, you know. Yeah, Christmas is all about Christ. It really is. I mean, it's even that right there in the name. It's not Santamus. Santamus. <laughs> you know what? We don't celebrate Santa. What is there to celebrate with Santa? What, we celebrated an imagined character who supposedly travels the world, supposedly comes down chimneys? No. We celebrate Jesus Christ because he did come down. He did come down, and he was born of a virgin, and he lived a perfect life, and he died for our sins. Christmas is not about Santa, and it's not about family either. It's all about the Lord Jesus. Christmas. It's all about Jesus. Let me ask you this. Who will you promote? This Christmas season, who will you promote? You know, the world promotes Santa. Hollywood has made many movies that go out of their way to prove that Santa Claus is real. You know, I believe. I believe in Santa. <laughs> How many movies have they made that try and prove that Jesus is real? As a result, kids believe in Santa until they reach a certain age when they realize that, oh, he's not real. Then they equate that same belief to Jesus. Well, Santa's not real, so Jesus isn't real either. After all, I can't see, I, I can't see Jesus. He's not real. You know what? We need to promote Christ, who is real, and desires that children and adults alike would find him this Christmas. We need to promote Jesus. We absolutely do. We need to share the gospel. You know, Christmas time is such a wonderful time to invite people to church, to hand out tracts, to tell people about Jesus, because that's what Christmas is all about. We have something worth celebrating. You know, the world doesn't have anything worth celebrating. What do they celebrate? Having the warm and fuzzies, feeling good, family. It's all about family. It's not about family. They don't have anything worth celebrating. And when Christmas is over for them, they feel empty inside. But you know what? We have something worth celebrating, don't we? We do. Because we have a Savior who saved us and has changed us. That's worth celebrating. And so let me encourage you to promote Jesus. Now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you can never watch a, a Christmas movie about Santa you know, those movies can be a good time. But you do need to be careful. You do need to be careful. Because if that's, uh, parents especially, parents, if that's all your kids ever watch, they just watch a bunch of Christmas movies to try to prove Santa's real and all that, and I believe and all that, better be careful. Because that's going to affect their minds. That could affect what they believe. You need to make sure your kids know that Christmas is about Jesus. Amen? You know, I was thinking about uh, Thanksgiving, the uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade. I try to watch it every year because I enjoy it. I love seeing the floats, the balloons. You know what happens at the very end of that parade? It's the climax. 
here comes Santa Claus. Here comes the big man himself coming down, you know. And, and so they have Santa Claus coming down, and he's wearing his red suit, and he's waving. He looks amazing, of course, and he's waving. They got Mrs. Claus there, too. They got the reindeer, and he's waving and looking jolly and everything, and everyone's freaking out like, oh, Santa Claus. Isn't it sad? I was thinking, what if they had a float, a nativity float? A float for baby Jesus. That would never happen. You know that would never happen. Because our culture is anti-Christ. Wouldn't it be interesting? You have these floats and you have these pop singers coming down. And the float has to stop. And the singer sings a song. And it's a ridiculous song. You know, it's just worldly music. I, I thought, well, what if they had a preacher or an evangelist come down the float? Hey, it's evangelist so-and-so, pastor so-and-so. And instead of singing for five minutes, he takes five minutes to preach and share the gospel. Man, I would love that. That would be amazing. But guess what? They would never allow that. They would never allow that because our culture is anti-Christ. And they're very pro-Santa. They're very, oh, they love Santa Claus. They don't like Jesus. Wow. It's sad. While movies promote Santa over Jesus, you know, it's very interesting that they both have equal footing on the radio. Many radio stations play Christmas music during this time. And you're going to hear, you hear songs about Santa, but you also hear songs about Jesus. You hear the Christmas carols. You hear Silent Night. You hear Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Oh, praise the Lord that people can still hear about Jesus on the radio. And you know, I really am surprised. I really am surprised that those songs have not been banned. I'm serious. Praise the Lord they haven't been banned. I sure hope they never are. So that people can hear about Jesus. And it's amazing. You even have these singers... Pop singers, rock singers, you know, these worldly people, they're not saved. They don't know the Lord as their Savior, and yet, what are they doing? They're singing Christmas carols. They're singing about Jesus. They're singing the first Noel. They are singing about the Savior. They don't know him, but they're singing about him. That's amazing. They are giving praise and worship to the Lord Jesus without even realizing it, probably. And so, there we see the competition, the competition, the, the, the fighting, the hatred against Jesus. I don't think anybody hates Santa Claus, do they? I don't even hate Santa Claus. We just need to be careful, don't we? Well, tonight I want to end with this last point, and that is the connection. The connection. What connection do we have with Santa? Well, he's a wise old man who brings toys to children. And this makes us feel good, which is the only connection we can get, you know? The warm and fuzzies, that's it. Santa doesn't exist. So guess what? We can't personally connect with him. He's not a real person that we can actually connect with. You can't have a relationship with Santa. Oh, oh yeah, you can take your kids to the mall to sit on Santa's lap, quote, quote, Santa's lap, <laughs> you know? Um... It's a guy dressed up as Santa Claus. And they tell him what he wants, and he, he looks at the parents. Because the parents are the ones getting the toys. But you know what? We can actually have a relationship with Santa. Jesus, however, can have a personal relationship with you. You know what? Jesus said in John fifteen four, Abide in me. You can have a real, intimate relationship with the Savior. What an amazing thing. What a wonderful thing. Santa's timeless. 
He will forever be the jolly old man who brings gifts to children on Christmas Eve. But of course, he's timeless because he doesn't exist. Jesus is timeless. He will forever be the ageless savior of the world. He is called in Daniel the ancient of days. He is called in John the eternal word of God. Jesus says of himself, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He doesn't come just once a year. He comes whenever anyone calls out to him in faith. He doesn't bring toys. He brings joy. The salvation he gives is an everlasting gift. You know what? There is no comparison. The world has Santa Claus, but he's a temporary fix to make them feel good during Christmas. Jesus is the ultimate satisfier. You know, I, I, I like to compare Santa Claus, and I know this sounds, uh, this sounds messed up, I know. I like to compare Santa Claus to a, a, a big old uh, glass or bottle of, uh, of beer, you know? Someone, they, they, they want to get drunk, and so they get a big bottle of beer, and they drink it down, they guzzle it down, and they're completely drunk, completely stoned, and, and it makes them feel good. It makes them feel, it makes them forget all their problems and feel great. And, and you know what? But the next day, they got the hangover. And they feel miserable. That's what Santa Claus does for the world. He makes us feel good. Oh, you know, it's something good, something nice for the kids to think about. Hey, hey. And, and, and oh, maybe, maybe the dad dresses up as Santa Claus. Hey, have a great time. And then Christmas Day, got all the presents. What a wonderful time. And you know what? It leaves them empty. It does. Once once Christmas is over, now they've got the hangover. The Christmas hangover. That's what Santa Claus is like. He doesn't satisfy. Oh, but Jesus does. Jesus satisfies because unlike Santa Claus, Jesus, he's always with you. In fact, he lives inside of you. Jesus is with you. He lives inside of you and he has a relationship with you. He satisfies your every need and your every desire. Jesus satisfies you. And so let me ask you tonight, have you connected with Christ? Do you have a personal relationship with him? Do you know him as your savior? If you do, are you abiding in him? And are you promoting him? This is his holiday. So don't let Santa take it away. Jesus Christ is the reason for the season. Hey, let's preach the gospel. Let's promote Jesus. Let's tell people about Jesus. It's his birthday. It's his holiday. It's all about Jesus. Came to be born of a virgin so that he could die on the cross for his sins and, and rise from the dead and be our savior. That is something worth celebrating. Amen. Jesus is the reason for the season. You know, that's not just a cliche. It's absolutely true. He is the reason we celebrate Christmas. We have something worth celebrating. And I love that. You know, it, it just think about that. The world does not have anything worth celebrating for Christmas. You know, they'll say it's all about family. It's it's really not about family. No, it's not. 
It's about the Savior, and we know that. So let me encourage you to to really try to, amidst all the busyness of the holiday season, try to focus on the Lord Jesus and and draw close to him and share the gospel with somebody. Tell somebody the real meaning of Christmas. Promote Christ. Um, re- really try to do that during this season. All right, thank you so much for listening today. And uh, don't forget that you can donate to the show as little as just $1 a month. There's a link at the end of the description of this episode. Click on that and you can donate. Sure, appreciate it. And uh, also be sure to share the show if it's been a blessing to you. Share it with someone else. Tell somebody about it. I really would appreciate that. And uh, you can uh, go to my church's YouTube channel, Northside Baptist Church, North Glen, Colorado. And uh, there you can find some of my sermons as well as sermons from the other pastors at my church. And I know that'll be a great blessing to you. Also check out my website, paulrobinsonbooks.com. And there you can learn about my books. And and you have a link there. You can go to Amazon and buy my books. And also uh, read my blogs. And I'm going to be posting a Christmas blog here real soon. uh, If it's not up already by the time you're listening to this. And then, of course, um, also my uh, the podcast episodes are listed there. You can find them also on Spotify. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get on iTunes. I'm not on iTunes yet. I'm not sure what I have to do there to get on iTunes, but I'm going to be looking into that. Don't worry. And uh, if I can get on iTunes, of course, that's when you can leave a five-star review. And, boy, I'd love that. But uh, for now, uh, check out Spotify. It's got all the episodes so far. But anyways, uh, let me wish you a very Merry Christmas. Hope you have a wonderful Christmas with your family, focusing again on the Lord Jesus, and also Happy New Year. Yeah, can you believe we're about to hit the New Year? That's crazy. But uh, anyways, I hope you have a blessed Christmas and a blessed New Year. We're looking forward to the New Year and everything the Lord's going to do. So, I'm Paul Robinson, and until next time, God bless you.